Hello, it's Elise Lonsdale once again with an apology for the delay in production of this episode of the Kiwi and the Emu. It's episode 29 featuring Adam Morris, Blind Australian of the Year for 2019-2020. This episode was originally recorded on August the 26th and it is now September the 3rd. So please make welcome Adam Morris in episode 29 of the Kiwi and the Emu. There's a story, is it true? The Kiwi has a brother. The Aussies call him Emu. He runs around all Uluru. They've been mates, that wingless pair, the ones up here and ones down there. A pair of Anzac stuck like glue, the Kiwi and the Emu. Hello and welcome to the Kiwi and the Emu, a podcast exploring the experience of blind and vision impaired Australasians living through the corona experience. Two countries, two different approaches with similar outcomes. The Kiwi and the Emu. And it's the 26th of August 2020 and it's Elisa Pedia here. That's at least what I got called in a text message from one of our delightful listeners who will come on the show very soon after episode 27 where I featured. And of course, we have the wonderful Carol and Pete from Auckland. Kiwiland. Yeah. From Kiwiland. That's L-E-N-D. Welcome to the Kiwi and the Emu. <laughs> and we'll start by... Asking what's happening on your side of the ditch before we get to our mangled mess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, our numbers are sort of steadying off uh, at the moment from this big cluster that we've got here. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the big news, I guess, is that we are coming out of level three and going into level two as of 11.59pm is the way they always do these things mm-hmm. on Sunday, Sunday night, evening. Though. Yes, it was meant to be tonight though, yeah. wasn't it? Which is a Wednesday night. It was, night. but they've mm. extended. Yeah. Um, I think part of the reason is they've made the wearing of masks mandatory on public transport mm. and they had to change or put a few regulations and bits and pieces in place and that'll be as of level two that mm. we have to do that. So right. as of Monday. All around the country or in yes, New Zealand? all yep. around the country. And um, they're also getting QR codes and that put into buses, trains and taxis, etc. cetera, ferries, mm-hmm. so that we can use the app and scan our phones when we're in right. those vehicles. Well, there you go. Tracking so for tracking If you're as well. blind, you are going to have fun finding the QR code in buildings and... Maybe on bits well, of the transport. Well, they're usually put at the entrances. Um, you can ask when you go into buildings and be directed. So, I mean, it does take a bit of being a bit assertive in asking. Um, but on things like buses and that sort of thing, they will be in pretty much some of the same Similar locations. Stuff. Has anyone yeah. ever challenged the state and said it's the thin edge of a very bad wedge and the reason I say that at the moment it's benign okay at the moment the data stays on your phone on the whatever your version of COVID safe is and at the moment it's safe and you only have to disclose what data is on your device if you are a person who has either tested positive or been around somebody who you suspect may have but that's okay for now but what about when the upgrade comes to the app and the well, we need people to sort of, if it's got an internet connection, that device report exactly where it is and where you are and, hmm, well, well, maybe no, a no, bit more it, information well, might be sent off to uh, Big Brother, perhaps. Yeah, no, it doesn't, at the, it doesn't work like that. It's basically just a scanning app. 
basically at this stage for the QR codes. At so, this stage, yes. Yeah. And and but it only keeps the detail. For example, in the manual diary, when I manually in, enter stuff as well, and as I understand, it only keeps the QR code stuff for thirty-one days, and then it drops off. At this stage, in oh this look, version no, of the app. I, I, I don't think, I don't think, I don't, I don't believe. I mean, how's, how, I think the one in Korea is more sinister because they can actually follow you twenty four seven. Exactly. Whereas you, with this, you actually have to physically scan in somewhere for That's them right. to know where you've been. Mm. So it's, it's not as if it's tracking it's not every like second. S- South Korea, I just wonder what the North Korean version would be like. Well, even, even if a they bit had like, an app to be sinister. <laughs> well, even a bit like you guys with your Bluetooth one. I mean, uh, you, yeah. they could basically scan, uh, if you've got that running, they could track you every sing- sort of second. But Not necessarily without... because uh, the Australians got into a bit of trouble over that, didn't they, Adam? Um, I don't sort of remember too much about what that. What actually happened is exactly what I predicted would happen is that uh, with the time slicing of the um ios um, you can run that app but it's not necessarily going to be pinging all the time uh, other people's phones especially on ios so it mm. doesn't necessarily it's sort of effective about 50 percent of the time i think somebody thought and even though uh, people don't know who i am yet i had heard that the app hasn't mm. actually traced anybody yet because so, basically can't because it's not getting the processing time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Adam Morris, and we'll get to Adam in a minute. And yeah. well, yeah, ours, so, ours has helped it, it to track people down, but it's not the only. It's it's just one of a number of tools, and it it yeah. doesn't go on some older models of phones. Mm. So places still have to have the old sign-in system and that as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's another thing, especially when you start mixing in, you know, less expensive Androids. That stuff runs on or doesn't run on, depending on what version of Android might be running. And, of course, iOS is a similar sort of thing from a technical point of view. Over this side of the ditch, uh, we have had here in Victoria 149 cases today. The lowest it's been was 116, I think it was. <clears throat> which is a good effort, but of course our, our, our death toll I think was about 25 today, which is which is sad. But remember, remember, this is the death toll from people who became infected either during or even before the highest of the peak at about 700-odd cases. These people could have been infected for weeks and probably were infected during the, you know, the short time ago when we had those horrendous numbers of cases. So we're looking at, we're looking at the result of things that happened several weeks ago with the death toll. We're not sort of looking at people who got infected with COVID yesterday and died last night. It's a case of people who have been infected and many of those are all connected. Many of those, I think if not all of them, uh, have been connected with aged care, which means many of those people are in that uh, vulnerable aged category. They may well have passed away with other things. So um, sadly, that's what we're looking at here in Victoria. No sign at all with the lockdowns. We have here a situation where the Victorian Parliament next month will vote on whether to extend the um, state of emergency for another 12 months. The current state of emergency or any state of emergency here in Victoria can only exist for six months, and that will be up in mid-September. It is likely to fail in the state's upper house. Mm. Oh, well. So who have we got today, Elise? Well, um, 
things are going okay around the rest of the country, but we are going to visit the north coast or mid-north coast of New South Wales and go to a little place near Coffs Harbour, and we're going to visit the Australian of the current Blind Australian of the Year. We've already had one of those on here, and that was Martin Stewart back in episode 10, I think it was. And we have the wonderful Adam Morris. Adam is an accomplished... um, well, get together of people running email lists for many, many years. And he's also started, um, he's also brought his ATUG, um, which Adam can discuss what that's all about, list onto WhatsApp. He's also one of the administrators now on the Australasian Blind Chat Group. And after my retirement, well, actually it was before my retirement, but anyway, he's been he's been there a while. Um, Adam has also worked in the Department of, I think it is Immigration, when he was working in Sydney years ago. And there's a, quite a number of things that Adam has done very good with his technology and runs his own training business similar to I. Adam Morris, welcome to the Corona Chair. Thank you very much, Elise. And I thought you said after the last episode you were going to throw it out. So does that mean that it's going to be a bit uncomfortable for me to be sitting in since there's been <laughs> so many people in it? I actually said oh. I was going to burn it one day. Well, that yeah, day one... has not yet come. Come, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a corona chair and couch burning. <laughs> yes, and, and I've always said that because we were actually looking at winding this up, weren't we, in mm. sort of June when Carolyn and I were talking one morning. I remember being back at Ringwood and somebody said, oh, well, I suppose we should think about finishing this up soon. Well, if the right things are going in Victoria, you won't have any trouble in interviewing interviewing more people with the way that it's locking, it's locking down. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh, the People's Republic is getting well and truly locked down here and uh, no sign. And I think that's when pe- that's, people are becoming quite fatigued because I was talking, I was talking to a counsellor this morning um, who uh, for my work and they were sort of saying that, you know, it's really sinister because no one knows when it's going to end, whereas... Before we were told four weeks, back in April, four weeks came and went, end of story. Things started to open up, but um, with what's happened here, and we know that this is less of an accident than what it was before. This is actually the result of things going wrong in the quarantine or the aged care sector. So there's a little bit less of an accidental element to this one as opposed to what we were facing earlier in the year as a, as more of a nation, I think. You know, Victoria seems to be out on its own at the moment. Yeah. So anyway, Adam... What was life like for you before the world went mad in March? Mm-hmm. Um, it was basically, uh, you know, fairly normal. I was uh, running my uh, training business and I was uh, going to work at uh, the local pizza shop where I uh, helped prepare uh, toppings for pizzas. And, you know, we'd be uh, travelling into uh, Coffs Harbour and, different things like that, you know, going shopping on the weekends and, you know, maybe going out for dinner and things like that. So it was, you know, fairly cruisy before uh, things went went mad. It it was cruisy because I spent some time with you over the Christmas holidays and that was the lifestyle, cruisy. Just go for a walk anytime you wanted. Let's go out for dinner. I think the two or the three nights I was at your place, that's what we did. It was great. Just a nice lifestyle, wasn't it, up there on the all the good weather? And then, of course, it all happened. The world went crazy and restrictions came in. So what happened in New South Wales? Uh, basically, uh, we went, uh, I think it was to level two, I think it was that we went to, because I don't think we've had level three or level four here. And obviously being in a 
in a regional area, uh, we haven't been affected as much as uh, people who live in Sydney because we haven't had the major hotspot outbreaks. There's been some people that, you know, from our, around the mid-north coast that have had the virus, but they've all been, you know, coming off, for example, the uh, Ruby Princess or whatever, so they were quarantined in Sydney, uh, you know, before they came back mm. home. So there haven't actually been any cases in our uh, local government area, I think, for the past uh, three or four months. Mm. Mm. And, you know, basically yeah, at work when uh, when things went uh, went mad, it got quiet for a couple of weeks, you know, basically just because people weren't spending that much money and then uh, things started picking up and, strangely enough, work's been, uh, been really busy uh, ever since. You wouldn't think that it would be, but... Uh, they've been as busy as they have been in the summer season when we have all wow. the tourists coming through. You, are you having people sitting in at your pizza restaurant or is it just a takeaway only place? Our, our restaurant where I work uh, is takeaway and delivery only. There's about, uh, oh, okay. there's about two, two tables at the front that people could sit at, but that's about it. And for a while, for a while there at the peak of things, they actually you know, didn't put those chairs and tables out. Yeah. Now, they, they didn't shut down, but they did lay off some stuff very temporarily. Is that correct? They didn't lay people off. They basically just dramatically cut back their hours. Oh, okay. But it wasn't long before they realised that, hang on, um, people still can walk past and or order their pizza and either have it delivered and, or, or come in and fetch it. So yep, it was basically that, a very right. short... It was very short, whereas, mm, other, whereas other businesses, you know, I think have been affected a lot more. And I actually heard on the news this week that uh, one of the big companies, I can't remember the name of it, that runs uh, the Rivers chain of stores, Katie's, Miller's, yep. and something Rockman's. else. Yeah, Rockman's. I think they're basically, basically, yeah, they're basically closing down hundreds and hundreds, you know, a couple of hundred stores. Yeah. Well, I know I've been on that. Well, I got something from the, um, what do you call it, the... Rockman's website it turned up today and it had Noni B on it so the online ordering part of their business is still going well but the past you know the, the sort of foot traffic in shopping centres well especially here in Melbourne at the moment has uh, all but ceased to exist mm. yeah same here <laughs> oh really okay yeah well I mean majority of shops are doing either click or collect or um, online ordering there is no um, well, you, well, the two, two of you are sort of in similar lock, similar lockdown stages. Yes, at the moment we are. Yes. Yeah, Victoria yes. and Auckland is similar. Mm. Whereas, yes. similar yep. whereas here in New South Wales, we're uh, you know pretty much just practicing the physical distancing, and you know just shopping centres and everything are just you know pretty much as normal. Mm. So why do you think that is? Is it because, you know, they just haven't had the aged care thing? Or is it because there are very few cases, marked difference if you look at the figures between New South Wales. My friend Kelly's often saying, oh, yes, well, they've had 10 cases. And I'm going, well, we had 150, you know. And, you know, yeah. for the last few days, I think we've been, have been well and truly in the single digits for cases. Wow. People can travel from, say, down from Coffs Harbour to, say, um, well, let's say uh, down to, you know, Goulburn or anywhere. There's no restriction on uh, distance or anything, is there? No, no restriction on distance for travel within New South Wales. And it was uh, funny that the uh, Premier was on the news, New South Wales Premier was on the Gladys news a couple of days. Yes. She was on the news a couple of nights ago saying that uh, they would not be looking at closing the border. 
between mm. New South Wales and Queensland. Right, but there again, Queensland sort of still has, haven't they? They, yeah, they yeah. were stressing out about people coming up from Sydney at one point. That's, no, that's right. Queensland has shut the border to New South Wales, mm. but if people wanted to come from Queensland down to New South oh, Wales, okay. the yep. border's open. The only yep. thing is that when they go back, they'd have to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. But they then still Anastasia could, will get them yep. then, yeah. That's yep. it, but they still could come down if they wanted to, whereas we can't go up. Mm, mm. So once they've been out of Queensland, back into back going to New South Wales, come back, um, that's when they've got to, uh, got to quarantine back. Uh, that's an Anastasia problem, not a Gladys problem. Yep. Yep. But, but I do think it's crazy with all of these uh, border closures that, sure, they're closing the borders to cars, but you can still fly. Yes, it's it's crazy. There so, was a story. so the borders aren't really closed. Oh, no, okay. It, so you can still get get domestic flights. In. Yep, you can. But once you get to the airport, then you've got to go somewhere at now at your own expense to quarantine. And I don't oh. think it, I don't think it can be to someone's house. It has to be to one to a motel. And I think they actually are putting figures on how much it's going to cost. It's about two thousand eight hundred dollars. So if you want That's a Queensland right. holiday. Expect to spend two weeks more at your own expense and put another $2,800 on your price tag and you're good to go. That's right. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Um, probably doesn't do a great deal for their economy, although, you know, at least Queensland being a big state, you could travel from, you know, Mackay down to, you know, surface paradise and not have a problem. But uh, it's if you go further down past, uh, you know, um, you know, past Broad Beach, past uh, you know Australia Fair, and past into um, you know t- um, Cool and Gather Tweed Heads, uh, then you've got a problem. That that's right. Mm. So I guess it means that people are actually exploring their own home state a lot more than perhaps they normally would, uh, because they can't travel outside of the state. So they're actually discovering, and in particular, if you come from, like, say, the capital cities, some people that tend to live in a capital city or a bigger city don't tend to visit the regional areas nearby. Um, But I guess with this situation, they would be doing that more. That's right. Well, they were saying on the local news the other day, too, that, uh, you know, people are going to be travelling from different places in New South Wales, probably to uh, places like Coffs Harbour. Mm. Mm. We're a tourist area. Lovely part of the world. Yep. So, that, well. so that, you know, that's what people in New South Wales will be doing because there's no travel restrictions within New South Wales. Mm. Mm. And I do know there are some beautiful areas of New South Wales because I've been to a few of the beautiful regional areas. So, <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't that long ago. This time last year, I did that orange and uh, Bendemere slash, you know, um, Oh, what do you call it, trip, um, Tamworth trip, and uh, mm. we had a lot of fun up there. It was good. It's a lovely place, New South Wales, lots of lovely things to see, especially, well, it's our second visit in almost as many episodes uh, while we were there down the south coast talking to uh, Maria just the other day. So there you go. Mm. So Adam mm. is now, I think, our second guest on from that state. Yeah, so Adam, with, with the um restrictions and and stuff that did come through did a lot of your work go online so did you become part of the big um zoom band (laughs) of (laughs) of workers (laughs) well for me my uh training business is only online because since i'm in a regional area unlike at least and like some other people that are doing training it's not easy for me to just you know hop in a taxi or a car and travel for half an hour to see 
a client that's local. Mm. You know, so all of my work is online anyway because I train people in uh, New South Wales, in Victoria, in Western Australia, and Queensland. You know, so I and just do that. All, I just do that all online. And you've even helped someone in New Zealand. That's right. Because oh, I had yeah. a. I, because I had a complete disaster during lockdown and I got help from both of these people. Oh, yes, we both got in on TeamViewer and et cetera <laughs> and hacked and cracked our way through JAWS. That was misbehaving, but it turns out there were some more, far more serious problems with that computer. Yes. But it was good to bring Adam in on that because um, I was I was working away at it for a little while and uh, it's good when you got sort of – when you're in your own home business and you're – working away it's good to call on we're a part of a network called um, blindness and beyond and there's a number mm. of us who make referrals to each other ring each other up for a bit of a chit chat and go well what do you think about this problem you know and uh, it's great that we've got that because none in in our in our business of training for people on the ndis or with people you know in the disability sector no other business is a threat and that's the way i've always looked at it and there's a number of good people out there who are just yeah, out there just well with the same goals and aspirations as one another. Well, you've all got different specialities that that you you have in your knowledge base too. Um, each each of you has got something that you are particularly good at, whereas someone else is particularly good at something different. And so, helping to share that knowledge too. Yeah, well, this is right. I rang up um, Adam for some advice before, actually, at lunchtime, which is why we actually have him on the program today because um, we had somebody Ooh. else sort of lined up and it didn't quite happen. So we grabbed Adam, knowing that he was waiting to come on here at some point anyway. Adam, could you talk to us a little bit about the Blind Australian of the Year and why you achieved that? This is uh, You are the current Blind Australian of the Year. Basically, uh, the Blind Australian of the Year was set up to recognise people who uh, more or less are quiet achievers and who uh, do things uh, for the community and may not necessarily get recognition for that. And basically uh, how I got to be nominated for that is because of the uh, email lists that I run for uh, Australian and New Zealanders to uh, get help with technology. I run uh, a list called uh, accessible Technology Users Group, or ATUG, which is basically to talk about anything that uh, is accessible to people who are blind or uh, vision impaired. And I also run a list for uh, users of Apple devices with uh, voiceover. So that's uh, iPhone, iMac, or, or Apple Mac, uh, and iPad. So I run those those are the main two lists that I run as well. I do also have one for uh, people on the National Disability Insurance Scheme. And so I've been running those lists for a number of years and someone basically nominated me uh, for the Blind Australian of the Year and I was accepted last year in October. But you also do those wonderful webinars too, the... Um technical interviews. Oh, Wednesday night, yes. And mm. Yeah, part of the uh, ATUG group is that uh, I try each month to have a guest speaker coming along uh, on the second Wednesday of the month to speak about different topics. Mm. Yeah, that's yes, really and good. I, and you used to do it on the phone until you got involved with me and I said, Zoom. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell so, people Zoom <laughs> if you've listened to the last couple of minutes. So now he has a, a Zooey. 
yes, Azui. Yes, we've talked about that on here. Uh, That's right. Uh, yes. for the Murray word of hui being um, mm-hmm. for meeting, um, and somebody stuck a Z on it and came up with the concept of Zui. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, it's really good, and uh, it's a lot of a lot of good people that uh, that get on there every uh, every second well every second Wednesday of the month, isn't it? So yeah. So, Adam, right. have you f- have you found that because of the restrictions and that the people are under in, in different parts of Australia and New Zealand, have you found that the traffic has increased on those groups or the numbers turning up to the it's, the meetings have it's increased? Ba- it's basically been the same. It's more not so much because of COVID. It just depends on the topics and whether people are interest, interested in the topics as to mm. how many turn up. I had uh, a meeting last month where there were only... Uh, four or five people at the at the meeting mm. and it was just because mm. obviously there have been a lot of uh, webinars on the l braille uh in there's been a number of them held by freedom scientific and other places mm. and so obviously people had learned what they needed to learn and so there weren't that many people that came along to that particular meeting and then there's been other ones where you know we can have you know 25 people 30 people on at mm. one time mm. Yeah, I, I know that can happen because a while back um, for a period of time, we did a couple of phone conferences about three years ago to do with different aspects of technology and uh, over here. And we had a big crowd one night when it was all focused on Facebook and social media. It was quite incredible. And the thing is, obviously, uh, for the Kiwis to come along to the meetings that I run, it's a little bit late because it's uh, 7.30 uh, New South Wales time, time, which is 9.30 uh, Kiwi time. I know, because I used to log on from when I lived in New Zealand, 9.30 it was. Oh, well. But uh, no, there's some very interesting topics that come up on that. So there's a plug for the ATUG meeting Mm. uh, on on those Wednesday nights. Adam usually publicises it well. He does. Mm, it's been good. I've been the guest speaker on there a couple of times. Yes, twice and getting geared up for the third time, actually. So, yeah, we'll be out there next month. With the work that you're doing, Adam, are you finding that there are now more people at home wanting to, we've had people on here talk about their computer training before, um, where they've um, sort of said, well, I've got you know so much time at home, um, maybe I'll sit down and learn something new. Is that happening in your business? Not so much, no. Uh, it's basically just been, uh, you know, more or less the same, same people. No one's actually said, "Hey, look, you know, now that I'm at home, I really have, you know, so much more time on my hands, and I want to learn, you know, how to use the computer or how to use the iPhone or, you know, whatever." There hasn't really been a lot of that, surprisingly enough. Mm. Mm. Yep. Mm. Once I, even though you haven't had as perhaps harsher restrictions as other parts of Australia and that, but once the restrictions did sort of ease off from what you did have, what was your let your hair down moment? Uh, a let down hair moment would have been uh, been able to go out for dinner again because for the, for a mm. while you couldn't really go out for dinner because, you know, a lot of the restaurants and things were closed and things like that. So, you know, being able to go out to your local RSL or, you know, wherever mm. was, you know, was definitely something really good that we both missed. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. I... And something that Elise and I were talking about uh, a long time ago before the podcast, and I'm hope I'm not, uh, you know, ruin- I'm, I hope I'm not ruining a question, but no, no. 
one of the things that I notice when I'm walking around with my wife now, uh, when we're you know, in uh, Coffs Harbour, before all of this started happening, we'd just walk along at our normal speed. Now there's a lot more stop, start, stop, start, you know. And yes, I remember telling you about that. Walking's yeah. more, more stilted, more yeah. robotic because what's happening is that, uh, you know, my wife's sort of watching where people are in front, what they're doing, whether they're stopping, trying to keep the correct distance. Whereas for me, if I went out on my own, I'd mm. just be using the cane or as some people call it, the corona stick. <laughs> and basically, you know, like if I go into the local, yeah. po- if I go into the local post office, for example, or the local uh, shop, I'll just, you know, walk in, and if I end up, you know, tapping someone on the ankles, oh, gee, sorry about that, and I'll take a step back, and I think, well, look, the length of the cane plus, you know, holding it in front of you mm. is a meter and a bit, so you therefore you're keeping your distance, even though you might not be. So on you the have a true pod- corona stick. Yeah, that's right. Even though you might not be on the proper dotted line or, you know, whatever it is that they have in the shops, no one's actually, you know, gone mad at me and said, oh, look, you know, you're not on the line or, you know, whatever. Mm. But I guess if I was living in a major city, that would be different because I have heard of people that have, you know, been abused or whatever because they're, you know, getting too close to somebody or... Yeah, yeah. It's, yep. it, it does seem to be that um, there is less patience with people in the bigger cities and it's quite sad in a way just um when it comes to mobility um have you been required to i felt like that you should wear a mask in your area there adam not not at all uh, the only places that are saying that uh, it's uh, we would like you to wear a mask is uh, our local uh, woolworths which is uh, yeah. you know i guess everyone knows what woolworths is even the the Kiwis, yeah, 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 we they do. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, no, I wasn't sure if they had Woolworths over there. So, well, no, we, they... we we used to, but yeah. um, it's now called Countdown, they and Woolworths Countdown, does yeah. Woolworths does basically own our supermarket over here. So, well, yeah, well, basically, they're saying, they even have the same logo. Yeah, they're saying <laughs> we, they're saying we'd like you to wear masks, but it's not compulsory to wear them. So, I've mm. never felt like I need to wear a mask or anything like that. And if I did, from what other people have been saying I might get one of those face shields rather than a mask because I've heard they do muck up your object perception and things like that for people who are totally blind. Mm. Yes, they can do. I would have thought a face shield would have probably done more damage than that to your um, spatial awareness. But anyway, I suppose I haven't tried one to know. Oh, over over here they're just telling you, telling you, you can even have it go just as crudely as having a scarf tied um, across your nose and mouth. Just use yeah, that. Well, well, this is what they're saying here too. It doesn't necessarily mm. have to be a mask. Yeah, they're saying that in Victoria too. It just everyone's to gone mask mad. Yeah. Mm. 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 Yep, except for if you're in a bank or something. <laughs> <laughs> they want to we see. Can all, we can all be bank robbers. That's it. <laughs> Oh dear. So for you, really, life has stayed much the same, given the fact that uh, your business is a, has always been online, and your the days you work at the pizza store haven't been affected. If anything, they're still trading as well as they normally would. That's right. So, so you know, things pretty much haven't uh, haven't changed that much. Mm. Know, things things are pretty much the same. And you know, as I say to some of the people in you know bigger cities, I say there is. Every now and then, an advantage to living in a rural area. I've said it's not very often. Mm. This is this is one of the times mm. where I can say it's an advantage. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's been no no restrictions on people coming out of Sydney because I know the Queenslanders were stressing out about, oh, we're going to make the whole of Sydney or parts of Sydney a hot, hot spot. We've got all these states and territories declaring, you know, almost declaring war on one another because it's like, well, there's such and such a state suburb in sydney and melbourne's a hot spot we're not going to let anyone up here if they say they live at that address no, there, there, there's been no talk of that uh, oh that's here. good yep good so you can still go for unrestricted walks on that beautiful beach near your house where i took these wonderful sunrise photos earlier that, in the year that's right everything everything up here is pretty much uh, as normal the only thing different is difference is uh, the physical distancing and, mm. in, you know, pretty much, you know, why I can get away with it. Just walking into a shop. Oh, gee, I didn't realise that for this shop there was, a, you know, a lim- minimum oh, minim- of two people or mm. whatever. At one stage uh, in the in the height of things, uh, the local bakery that I went to, uh, they said for me just to stand outside the door and they'd see me and they'd let me know uh, when I could go in because obviously I wouldn't know whether there was two or three people inside. But then after mm. a while they sort of, you know, started relaxing things and, mm. you know, they just said, oh, look, you know, just come up to the counter. Mm. That's where it gets quite fun too when you have the guide dog and the guide dog just bowls into the door straight to the counter. They don't know about physical distancing. <laughs> No. And queuing. <laughs> yep, trying to go straight in. No people from interstate staying at Adam's house this week. No, I don't think there's any states where people could come from because they'd all have to do their quarantine. Mm. To... Well, no, is there a quarantine thing to come from Victoria into New South Wales? Uh, I think there is. I'm not I'm sure bit, about it. I think they sure did lock it down. Yeah, they did, didn't they? They shut it down between, it was New South Wales who shut it down, I think. So Victorians, you, you don't get those Mexicans coming up. That's that's right. Uh, well, obviously, if they fly, they can fly in. Yeah. It's crazy, and I did hear a few weeks ago that when they shut the border, they weren't doing temperature checks on the plane. All they were doing was a temperature check on people when they got off the plane, and then they could just go wherever you wanted to go. Mm. Okay. Got off the plane, you look all right, you keep yep. going. Yep. That's it. It's hard so, to know what's going on, isn't it? So have you or your wife got um, family interstate, which has meant that it's been difficult to try and keep in touch with them because of the different restrictions? Um, not interstate. We were going to have a birthday party for one of my sisters, and that was going to be in April. Uh, mm. That was going to be uh, further down the coast, but we obviously had to uh, completely you know, put that on hold, and uh, they refunded the money back for the place that we were going to be staying at, and so... Uh, if or when everything sort of calms down a little bit, we'll be looking at having that maybe uh, later on the year in the year when the weather's a little bit warmer. Mm. But one thing I must say, Elise, we were talking before uh, the program started, you mentioned about the funny football that we have here in New South Wales. (laughs) Yes. But I noticed that uh, your football is very aptly named because I noticed that you've got all these behind things in your football and that isn't Victoria <laughs> behind the rest of yeah. at the moment. <laughs> oh yes definitely down here in Vic Danistan we've got no leadership we are behind everything even in, behind. even in, even in football with the... even in football we've sent the behinds the goals and the and the points all up north in actual fact there's a, a lady called Anastasia Palaszczuk who's uh got an election bearing down and she's embraced Aussie rules in Queensland. How about that? Telling all the Queenslanders to pick a Victorian team and, you know, pretend to really support Uh, them. Now, I'm with New South Wales. Go for league. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, they are. I think they're playing some Aussie rule games in New South Wales. I know they. Yes. They got the rugby well, yeah. on up there. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> so you're going for league in New South Wales. The Queenslanders have adopted Aus- Australian rules football. It's always been big in the territory, and it's still happening in Western Australia. So the home of football. So so much so, the grand finals liable to be played in Brisbane or I somewhere wonder, in Queensland. I wonder what's going to happen with the. Uh, Dare I say it, the New South Wales Cup that's held on the second Wednesday in November. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on, that's supposed to be the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> the, second, the first, now you got that one wrong, Adam. Oh, you yeah, got that Adam, one completely ballsed up. Even the Kiwis know it's a Tuesday. <laughs> it's the first Tuesday in November when they run the Melbourne Cup, which is probably going to be, well, maybe they'll, maybe they'll run it in Auckland or someplace. Or maybe we'll get the public holiday instead of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's not a much not much difference between a public holiday and a workday here at the moment. <laughs> Poor old Victoria is uh, yes um, struggling under the strain. I did, of... I did well. They could run it in Sydney because I did see that um, even yeah. last weekend they were talking about races at Randwick and and mm. all that sort of thing over here. Probably so... they'll be confused because they run run they run around clockwise in New South Wales. Here in Victoria, they run around anti clockwise. Oh, that might, well, the horses might get all mixed up and not know where does, to go. Does, does that mean the New South Wales horses are smarter? Oh, look, New South Wales men are generally <laughs> smarter. At the, look, they, look, they've only got like 10 cases a day. <laughs> and Adam's keeping well out of this one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The war between New South Wales and Victoria has always been there. You know, the friendly, friendly rivalry. Well, you know, might, I, think, I think New South Wales might have to uh, go and pick on another state because Victoria is shut for business. Well, yes, they can pick on Auckland. <laughs> yeah, they, they could. They, you know, they reckon Sydney and Auckland are similar. Melbourne and Wellington are similar. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, Adam, it's been great having you on here and we got, you know, an, another Blind Australian of the Year. I'm glad we've got a Blind Blind Australian of the Year. I'm mm. glad we don't have a sighted Blind Australian of the Year. Um, not sure how many more of those there will be, sadly, but let's hope there are going to be some more people recognised for their achievements because what you, Martin, and prior to Martin, um, Peter, Greco. Peter Greco from Adelaide have achieved in your various uh, you know, achievements has been absolutely beneficial to the blindness community and well may that um, recognition continue. Mm, thanks very much, Elise and Carolyn, for having me on the Kiwi and the EMU. You're listening to the Kiwi in the EMU with Carolyn Pete, myself, Elise Lonsdale, Adam Morris. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Elise. We are back, and this is the lighter moments bit. Adam Morris loves to relax on the swing, and he's got two of them, one at each end of his house, one facing east and the other one facing west. Oh, he's going to... Oh, so are you into porch swings, Adam? Yep, that, that's where we when when I've done some of the Zoom calls and things like that. Uh, that's where I've been. Remember when we've had the uh, the loud birds that some people don't yes. like, and I've had to yes. move from one place to another. I've been either out the front or out the back, and I've had to move inside so that you know the loud birds won't uh, annoy some people that don't like them. So oh, it sounds like he's a bit of a romantic with the porch swing, Elise. I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got a lovely wife, Dolly, yes, who, yes. who I had the privilege of meeting um, in well in Brisbane last year at the award at the Grand Blind Australia. And of course, we stayed there between Christmas and I stayed there between Christmas and New Year. 
And let's but, hope that uh, once all of this calms down, that maybe Carolyn can come across to Brisbane and will definitely come up. Mm. If we end up yep. having, a, if we end up having some sort of a get together, another get together, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Could be a good excuse for me to go to New South Wales. Mm, absolutely. Have been you, there for a while, and you've been well uh, invited to come here. Assuming I'm still here. Mm. <laughs> Move to Queensland could still happen, and uh, rightly so, because I feel like a refugee moving out of Vikdanistan to Queensland. How about that? That'd be right, eh? (laughs) Well, I mean, you you are the government grant to do it. (laughs) You better check with Adam. You know, he knows all the immigration rules. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you are a refugee at the moment. You're not even in your own home. No, I know. And we could have done today's interview on the stunning port. And we can say the stunning Mornington Peninsula today, Adam. You were asking about that the other day. Uh, On the stunning Mornington Peninsula, it's been a beautiful day. We We had lunch outside and I was doing some homeschooling on the porch with Maddie earlier this afternoon. So that was really neat. Well, luckily, the porch had faced the right direction. Otherwise, if it was facing east, you wouldn't want to be doing it this time of the afternoon. It'd be a bit cool. So, yes, Adam, have, have, have you guys noticed a decrease, a decrease in traffic going through your area because of the restrictions from the bigger cities? Um, a lot of people have been saying that they've been noticing uh, at one stage just before the borders closed, a lot of Queensland, Queenslanders were travelling through I'm gathering they were travelling to go back so that they wouldn't have to uh, do the quarantine because there was at some point where they could travel into Queensland without quarantining if they were from Queensland. Oh, right. Yeah. And then then we noticed uh, a lot of people from Victoria coming up because apparently a lot of the accommodation up here is full. Mm. Uh, so even, a lot of even, the... even though it's not holiday time, a lot of people from Victoria have just come up you know, basically to escape the uh, lockdowns yeah. and all the rest of it. And they're just, yep. some of them are just doing an extended, you know, three, four month holiday. Mm. Well, if I had family up here, I would have come here, I guess. But the family's on the morning peninsula. They haven't moved yet. Yeah, I think it's a good time to spend with family. And if you're a Victorian with family interstate, yeah, the best thing you could have done is got the hell out of here in the early July. But sometimes people, they're, they're not even spending it with family. They're just going on an extended holiday and staying. <laughs> yeah, and... I know. Yep. <clears throat> yep. yep. Absolutely. You know, apparently, there's a new guy that started up uh, where I'm doing judo, and he's been up here for, I think, six months. Just basically got out of Victoria and just doing an extended holiday. Mm. Now that's what you didn't mention earlier when you, when we were asking you what sort of activities you got up to. See, like Pete, listeners, you wouldn't want to mess with Adam since he does judo. <laughs> Yeah, tell us about your accomplishments there, because I've seen you on Facebook putting things up over the years. Yep, basically I've been uh, doing judo up here uh, since 2018, and I did do it for a while when I was in Sydney and then uh, have a break. So I'm basically doing uh, what they call no-limits judo, or mm. as, or some people call special needs judo. Oh, okay. And that's, that's something that's, uh, you know, they've got uh, no-limits judo uh you know, all around Australia with different mm. uh, different clubs and it's, uh, you know, yep. something that a lot of places in the world have got. No Limits Judo, is that something particularly for people with disabilities or is it just it like... Is. It is. Oh, okay. It, it, meaning mm. instead of calling it special needs... Oh, okay. It, it, they're calling it No Limits. Right, gotcha. Mm. Black belt? Uh, yep. no, 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 not not black belt. I don't think I'll get to black belt. That takes a long time to get to, uh, mm. to black belt, but... 
you know, I'm, I'm you know slowly uh, creeping up the grades with judo. Yeah, good on you. Yeah, because our president of Blind Citizens in New Zealand out here, he does judo. Yes, Jonathan Godfrey. Get Jonathan on here or somebody like that. Um, well, could do. I could. I could ask him. Could you? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Bring up Jonathan. Tell him. To, mm. uh, let him know that we we're probably looking for some more Kiwis. Mm. Um, I know who I want to get on here. I wonder if she's listening. Pam, <laughs> chairman of Workbridge. Yeah. Go on. Uh, oh, oh yeah. I could ask him as well. Ask Pam and ask Jonathan. Otherwise, I'll ask mm. Pam. Yeah. yeah well, either one mm. of us could. Yep. Mm. But uh, no, that's good, Adam. Because I mean. Um, there's becoming more and more blind and vision impaired people getting involved in the martial arts and that, which is really good. Oh, it isn't. Judo is a good good sport that, uh, you know, someone who's blind or has low vision can do because it's uh, very much uh, hands-on. And, mm. you know, basically it's, you know, it's not something like, I know blind, I know blind people do do karate, but for mm. me it seems... A bit senseless because you have to know when the other person is going to be kicking or going to be striking. Yes. Whereas with judo, it's grabbing on and getting people off balance and mm. things like mm. that. So it's a very touchy feely kind of a sport. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and and I guess discipline wise, all these martial arts have that sort of discipline about them, don't they? Mm. Yep, they do. Mm. You know, and it's good for fit, good for fitness as well. So well, you I'm going to want to meet you in a dark alley, hey? I'm yeah, like it. don't don't mess with Adam in a dark alley. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what with judo and the Corona stick? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. This guy's this guy's a lethal. What this guy's armed. He's he's, he's he's all keyed up, ready to go. So, yeah, keep away from this guy if you're in a dark alley. <laughs> Adam, the atomic man. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez, no, well, it's 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 a good interest, and you've got the interest in all the technology and a very good sounding board. If we've got some issues, Adam, I Adam and I are going to have a geek session tomorrow because you can sort of not that we charge each other for these things, but it's good to get on and have a bit of a bash at the old uh, technology, and you can sort of pretend, well, I say pretend, but you can just say for your own business's sake, it's professional development. Yep, <laughs> PD. And and you'd need that sort of because, you know, that peer group support because you don't have that, you know, we're not working for an organisation that, you know, we can sort of send an email out to some sector of the organisation asking for assistance or we have a manager or a practice lead person to go to. We're it. Anyway, once again, Adam, thanks for coming on the show and we will be back with more in a moment. Carolyn, we are going yes. to conclude. Now, we have two potential guests next time. <clears throat> it largely depends on when people are available. One of them might be you. Yes. 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 And the, the other one is the Grogan family, which I will um, keep negotiating with because it's probably better to, to work with them on a weekend. Uh, so that will be really neat. So it's anybody's guess who we're going to get next um, for episode 30, the big three O. Wow, we're at episode 29 already. But it's good to keep people guessing. It is, isn't it? So if we have to interview Carolyn, we'll have another one of those Lonsdale, Rendell um, family members coming in to fill the breach, like we oh, did with I'm me. Scared. I'm scared now. <laughs> Mama, Kaz, Mama Kaz Lonsdale's got the gig for this one. <clears throat> so It'll be make, fun. That'll be a lot of fun. So that's probably most likely what's going to happen next time because I don't think we can 
Uh, do this till Tuesday night. And given your commitments, should I drop yep. somebody in? Someone's well, you can drop me in. Go on. Someone's got a birthday. Another good person born in August. Yeah. The last yeah. day of winter, folks. So... There you go. So uh, all that and more and lots of stirring, lots of fun because uh, we're Kiwis, we're em- uh, we're Kiwis and emus and Aussies and Kiwis and all that sort of stuff because you know the deal. If you pick on one, you pick on two, the Kiwi and the emu.